Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD on Twitter, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio masterclass at theoryofdfs.com. Join with me this week. He's back, folks. He's back. He's back from his hiatus. He's showed up. We've had guests on for the past three months. And now Eric Beimfor has returned from his hiatus, his hibernation. Uh, where have you been the past three months? Yeah, I'm excited to be back. I feel I feel refreshed. I also feel foreign. I feel feel really weird right now. I'm I'm at the RG headquarters, and I feel like you know I don't know what to do with my hands, type of thing. Like not in my normal like podcast or or video setting. So it almost feels like my first time again, you know, on on the show. So it's a uh, I guess don't, that's don't a good be feeling. that sloppy. Typically, most people's yeah. first times are it's, yeah. it's, it doesn't go very well. It goes very quick and sloppy. Yeah, that's that is true. Well. This won't go quick. We usually don't go quick, but sloppy is likely. But uh, no, um, yeah, like I, I really am uh, excited to be back. But um, yeah, I just honestly like just being totally straight up. Like I, I needed a, a little bit of a break. Um, I think everybody we talk a lot about, or you and I did, you know, when we first started doing this, like kind of some of the human elements. We obviously talk a lot about. DFS strategy and all the different game theory aspects. We also talk about talk about uh, a lot of the like human elements of things. And honestly, that was just kind of what it was for me. Um, NFL was a long grind, and then we had the NBA come on. And obviously, everybody has been dealing with the impacts of you know the last year and the pandemic. And um, the NBA grind, you know, <laughs> is is always something. Uh, but this year, especially it was, brutal this year, man, you know, I was really, honestly, I was, I was really enjoying NBA for the first, I don't know, maybe let's call it two, three months. I'm not sure exactly how long it was something like two, maybe two months, but it, it, it just kind of, it wore me down. And then, um, you know, then baseball starts up and then, you know, everybody, uh, uh I'm not trying to, um, you know, do ask for pity or anything like that, but everybody has some things sometimes that go on in their personal life. Um, and I did too. Like it kind of all came about at the same time where I was just, honestly, I was worn down and, and sometimes you just need a little break, like a little mental health break. Obviously I didn't like stop working, but from doing like doing this and doing like kind of media content, you have to be out there obviously in front of the public and stuff a little bit more. And I was like, I just kind of need, need a little bit of a break. So I took a, I, I took a little bit of a break from that, both doing this with you and, and doing stuff on RG. Um, it's, uh, was, was strictly writing and, and kind of just, um, even took a little bit of time away from Twitter and, and just kind of refreshed myself and, you know, um, got back to, to maybe I wasn't 100% of me, honestly, at that point in time and kind of got back to, to like, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, obviously baseball's been going on and basketball's winding down, thank God. Uh, but I'm excited for the NBA playoffs. I'm excited for uh, everything that's going on with baseball. So I'm excited to talk baseball with you. And I know I'm a total sicko that even likes looking at NFL stuff already. So I just think, uh, you know, everybody sometimes needs a little bit of a refresher. And that's kind of where I, the point that I had reached. And now I feel you were You were still yeah. playing, though. Yeah, were you I was playing still, at the same playing. volume, same contest, no. or or you were just kind of uh, t- toning that down? Also, 
I, I toned that I toned that down a little bit. I have basically not played NBA. Um, I've dabbled a couple slates here and there just for fun. I basically haven't played NBA for, I mean, I don't even know how long, a month, maybe probably more than a month. Um, you were saying before the show, it's been like a month or so for you. And it's been pretty similar for me where um, I haven't been playing NBA, but I love baseball, the, the kind of strategy around baseball. I've definitely been playing and I was playing a little bit back then. Um, like when I kind of first started to take a break, um, I, I was playing, but not to the, to the same level. I was actually playing, I think when I first started, um, kind of taking a little bit of a break, it was around March madness, maybe, um, something like that. And I really, really love March madness. So honestly, it was kind of like good for me to kind of take a little bit of time away and just like focus in on some stuff that I enjoy. Um, and obviously, you know, personal life stuff and family and all that, that too. And so, um, no, <laughs> I don't know that I could ever like step away from, from DFS and, and stuff like that. It's just part of what I enjoy. So I'm not going to stop doing something necessarily that I, that I enjoy, even when I'm kind of taking a little break from kind of the public facing part of it. But that's really just what is, I is needed. Is there that Honestly, big of a difference to you? I mean, in, I, I think we're both, we're both different people and maybe in this regards that like, obviously I understand like, we're the types of people that we want to do everything, right? Right. Yep. I we I want to write this. I want to play that slate. I want to play this thing. I want to go there. I'm, I have season tickets to two soccer teams. I'm going here. <laughs> I want, oh, MMA. Oh, UFC. I got, we got to do everything. And then sometimes you got to take things off your plate, at least temporarily, just to be like, instead of, instead of me trying to do eight things, 75% of the way there, why don't I just do four things? <laughs> a hundred percent of the way there and then slowly add the things back on their yep. plate. But I think the difference between me and you is that like, to me, the media aspect is what I live for. I mean, like, like I'm a natural performer. I did stand up comedy. So like <laughs> the thing that I'm not taking off my plate is being out in public and being in front. And to me, this is some form of entertainment, although I'm not doing stand up comedy that you find that, the break is better from that stuff. You'd rather sit in your hole, you know, <laughs> secluded, write your little stuff, do your little thing, have have your own personal life and go like, I'm going to focus on my family or my friends or, mm -hmm. you know, take stuff out there where I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person where it's like, no, I'll cut out, I'll cut out the right, I'll cut out all that stuff. <laughs> if I'm able to get in front of the camera once a day, like then, then to me that I'm fulfilled just by that. Maybe it's an ego thing. I don't know. It's just that <laughs> I, I can't see like when people ask me, how, what, uh, have I done stand up recently? It's like, I haven't done stand up comedy in like five years mm -hmm. since I started playing DFS and doing a podcast and now doing these types of shows. Cause this already satisfies my, my need for, for performance yeah. that like, you know, why, why am I going to do stand up? Why am I going to, I have to write new material. I got to, I mean, obviously pays way <laughs> less. Than, than this uh <laughs> it's just it's just kind of weird to me like like i would cut out the other stuff and you cut out the stuff that i actually enjoy the most yeah i think we definitely are different in that aspect well first of all you are a much better performer than i am i just come on and bullshit and talk about sports yeah, but you and, could like and all it. that i mean stuff. you could still like yeah. doing that and and i do and i do um, but maybe not as much as you, I, I do enjoy it. I actually enjoy more of the getting on and talking to people like, like you. So like you do the, 
Um, well, the pregame you know, drama, I'm just the, by pre-game. myself. Just exactly. me in the chat. And I can do a little bit of that, but nowhere near as much as, as, as much as you I don't find you, that you that can. difficult. So many people have said, like that's, those solo podcasts or whatever, it's like, dude, yeah. doing an hour by yourself talking to no one, like that's difficult. And to me, it's like, no, no, me working with other people, that's, <laughs> other people is difficult, right? Yeah. Right, because yeah. look See, at the comments on, on, on even on this podcast, like you go on YouTube. Like I would say, uh, every other episode is a comment of like, uh, "Will you ever let the guests talk?" <laughs> right? Like, why do you kind? Mm-hmm. It's like because I'm so used to just like I'm gonna fill all the dead air that's that's there because, yeah. Well, stand up. I'm the only one on stage. Like, if I can't right. just stand there and do nothing, right? So I'm just so used to like if I hear something that I I'm 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 going until you cut me off. If there's a slight pause, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in there. I don't know what I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. say. But like I, but I mean, that's what I enjoy. I, I enjoy eleven o'clock in the morning. Like that's that's my stage time, right? I get. Mm-hmm. I we're explaining stuff game theory wise. I don't know. There's no agenda. Just like with this show, there's no. We we don't write down an outline or anything. We just talk as real people. It just I can't see taking like if I were to take stuff off my plate, like it mm-hmm. would it, it wouldn't be that. Like I'd be like, well, what the hell am I going to do with myself? Yeah. See, and I enjoyed the not ever having to be on type of thing. Like, I think that's part of what it is. Not that I, like, I don't really like right now, like feel pressure to be on or whatever, but there is something different. Um, sitting at my, you know, sitting in my office and a, like there's a little bit of time constraints around when you need to, you know, get, get your work done. But like in general, that's obviously a huge perk of this job. Like, I don't have like, oh, do you have a due date, you know, and a, and a due time by all this? It's like, I'm going to be researching these slates anyway. So it's really just as I, you know, start to process things, that's when I'm posting my content and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, but, but it's, your content, it's, the difference, the written content versus like this media content, mm-hmm. you, it, it, it's so weird that we're like the complete opposites. Of yeah. When you do the written content, you, you're not, you're, it's not live. In a way, right? right? Like you yep. get to think about your thoughts, go, how do I make it express it? I'm going to write down some stuff. Maybe I, maybe I delete a sentence. Maybe, mm-hmm. oh, I need to talk about this. I type me, you go out, take a walk. You're not done yet. And you <laughs> yep, come back right. and you finish it up and you submit it or whatever. And okay, I got to update this thing over the, I mean, like there's, you're not, you're not live in front of people doing that yep. while the stuff. To me, I don't like that stuff because to me that takes the longest because I already know that I I can I can make it perfect if I want to. Right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where in the back of my head, I have all the time, of course it, that day or whatever, to so like your the stuff that you write for like the four factors blog on on Roto Grinders, it's like that that takes me that would take me four times as long as just just put me on camera. Mm-hmm. And I, now I don't have, I have no pressure to edit myself because I know it's live. The audience knows that it's live. It's boards being recorded live that if it doesn't come out perfect, it, it, it's not expected to. So it's like that, 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 and that's what stand up is. And that's improv is, is where right. the expectations are not perfection yet in writing. I always have the expectations that no, I, I, if I'm going to explain something, this this thing may be three thousand words, and I'm like, 
Why am I writing 3,000 words only for it to, by seven o'clock tonight, like be worth nothing, right? So like that, to me, that's yeah. the, that, that totally devours all the motivation for me to do any written content. But it's like, you want to throw me in front of a camera for two hours? I mean, <laughs> ramble? I, I don't mind wasting that time. So it's just kind of weird to say that you revel in those situations. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, like I could always make time to to be on a show and ramble about, you know, why a stack is going to be too old. <laughs> and I think ultimately it's like a combination of things. I think one thing that did kind of change my mind a little bit on um, the written and especially actually kind of why I started doing the content in the format in this blog format, the way that I, that I do it now is talking to some people and listening to both some people that I know and respect in the industry, but also, um, just like readers and stuff. And they're like, I understand, you know, especially with NBA, right. With baseball, it's a, a little bit different. Sure. You have, you know, postponements and, and scratch starters and stuff like that. But in general, most of what you're producing is relevant still to the slate and NBA. <laughs> that is obviously not the case, especially right now, but people talk about being able to mostly just get in the mind of someone who's thinking about the slate from that tournament perspective and seeing the evolution of thought throughout, throughout the day. Um, I think it, it, it actually came about during, during football season where I was pushing back on when to post my content. Like, you know, the, the thought process is always, you know, as you know, to get content, you know, content sites and companies and stuff want to get it out there as soon as possible, right? You want to have as much shelf life as possible on the content, get as, as many viewers or readers or whatever as you can. And I was like, no, you don't understand. My content is not going to be anywhere near as good if I'm putting it out on Tuesday or Wednesday as if, if I put it out on Friday or Saturday. And NFL will be even it, put it out. I, I agree yep. with you. I, I do the, the ASA show. Right. On, I did the ASA, the Advanced Sports Analytics show on Thursdays. And... To me, I always viewed that show as here are the possibilities, but they're they're to be determined. It's kind of mm-hmm. like it because it's still Thursday, so we're still getting practice reports in, and we're still getting who who's going to be owned. I mean, like it yeah. seems like it's going to be in this direction, but it may not be in that <laughs> direction. But here are some correlations. Here are some ways to go. If this is owned, then don't do that. If this is that, like I'm trying to do exactly what you do on on the blog. Of like yeah. what what's relevant on Thursday may be different on Saturday, but of course, like I'm not making my final decision until Saturday night. But still, that's yep. what twelve hours before the slate. You know, I mean, the content <laughs> isn't isn't worth anything. I mean, like from from a from a business perspective. Yep. Uh, but what you do on the blog is more is more like that. On I mean, obviously, just for premium members on RG. But the the thing I have to ask is. What's the big difference between doing that via writing and doing mm-hmm. that via video audio form? That's a that's a I mean that's a, that's a fair question. I think in general, I express myself better and I'm able to um, you know kind of uh, drive home clearer thoughts and and more succinct thoughts in through that that process. Uh, I think I'm I'm just a little bit better able to to communicate. And then it's also the the like non-business, non-quality control related type things where, like you talked about, I kind of get up. It's almost like I'm creating my content. Um, well, A, you know, definitely like kind of 
on my own terms, if you will. And we're going to get into something in terms of the, the video aspect in just a second, because it's really funny that it just popped up this morning. But like, it's almost like I'm just, it's just a tiny little extra step as I'm already doing the process that I would, that I would normally do throughout the day. So like I'm opening, you know, the slate, I'm opening up lineup HQ, I'm opening up, you know, whatever, weather, you know, the uh, Roth's weather report, I'm opening up what all those different things in, in the morning, and I'm opening up this blog. And it's almost just like, kind of, I'm a, it, whatever is streaming out of my head, while I'm starting to process that, but I think I'm personally better able to communicate it through that, that written piece. And then, you know, kind of like I said, this, when I was, when I felt that I was kind of in need of that little bit of time to step away, kind of that, just that, that freedom of just being like, look, I'm like, I'll get up and I'll, I'll do a little writing. It's like, Oh, you want to go for a, a walk for lunch or, Oh, do I want to jam in all my work earlier in the day? And then we're going to go out and do something. I think during the, the major parts of the pandemic when we were the type of people that, you know, stayed pretty safe, stayed in a lot, like probably even more, even stayed in more than like the average person did. And like, I work from home already, but I think just over the course of a year that just kind of like, okay, you know, we're staying in and I'm gambling, I'm playing DFS tonight. And we're like, do you want to watch a movie? And then like for 400 days in a row, it just was kind of like, I just need to reset and stop doing that a little bit. And I think it really started to get that way when the sports started to cross over, you know, like there's, so like I said, there's March Madness going on, there's uh, basketball going on. And then especially when baseball was going on, trying to produce content for all of that was just kind of mentally draining, which again, I'm not this, trust me, I'm not looking for pity. I love, I'm blessed as hell to, to have the, you know, to work in the line of work that I work in, but it does become a little bit mentally draining to then have to like, okay, let's flip the camera on and you got to be, be on, you know, you're, like I said, you're better at that than I am. So like having to do all of those things and turn this camera on and have to like be on and explain all these things. Uh, I think it was just, that that was just the thing for me that helped me kind of, uh, you know, like relax and, um, you know, just kind of recharge the batteries a little bit. So, um, in, in yeah, your, in, in, your in your life, I mean, cause we, 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 like you said, we're human beings and we haven't not really on, on this show talked about like our personal lives much right. or anything. Now yeah. I'm not saying that you need to talk about, anything that's happened in your personal life the past three months that made you have to take things off your plate, but you mm -hmm. seem, you seem like more of the person that needs more work life balance or yeah. maybe have people around you that need work, more work life balance. Like, mm -hmm. like to me, like you, what you described the 400 days in a row of doing that, like, that's what I, that's, that's my choice. Like it, like, it, it, <laughs> yeah. like things are opening up now and I'm like, well, why am I going in? I mean, what I, I, I enjoy waking up in my pajamas, going, yelling at people at 11 o'clock in the morning, look at a <laughs> slate, maybe take a nap, take a shower. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. like, like if I need to something in the afternoon, go to the grocery store or whatever, you know, my wife's home. I mean, she, she's working from home and she works. She typically works the second or third shift. Mm -hmm. So like she'll be working from like four in the afternoon to midnight. So it's like one of those things where, okay, well that's during a baseball slit. Like it's not, it's, yeah, right. she's working anyway. So it's not like, I'm like, Oh, I'm doing this. And like, Oh, I'm not spending any time or anything. Or, or she works from 10 PM to 6 AM. And that's, you know, I'm sleeping or whatever. 
So, like, I mean, obviously my wife would, would rather spend more time with me than, I mean, that's any, any wife. Would she? Like that. Would, would she, though? Yeah, actually, she. I, I, okay. it's crazy. It's crazy that she does. She wants to. Uh, but as far as, like, going out, I was, I've never been that. I've, ne- like... I've never been, I don't, I don't like going to places. I don't like people. I don't like crowds. Mm-hmm. Like when I would go, when I would go out, uh, before DFS, it would be because I'm doing stand up comedy and I'm either performing somewhere or I'm going to a club to hang out with other comedians, which who are my friends and they're performing. I mean, like, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's in my element. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not going out with strangers or any place or, or anything. So like for the DFS stuff, the past six years. To me, that's what I view. That to me, that's Twitter, right? Open up Twitter. That's like me going to the comedy club, hanging out at the bar with a bunch of bunch of douchebag comics, you know, <laughs> ragging on each other and what and whatever. And I mean, like, like to me, that's the life that I want. And fortunate to marry someone that tolerates that to some, to, to to best extent. I don't have any kids, so like it's hard for me. It's hard. It's it's hard for me to relate to yeah. uh like the work life balance because to me it doesn't even feel like I'm working all the time it's like this is like to, to me I'm living the life like this is this is what I want this this is what I choose to do can you can you stay it can you n- not go out right not have to deal with people do everything that you want to do perform once a day right to some <laughs> extent uh use your intellect to beat other people for money watch some sports like what, 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 if I was 70 years old, you'd think like, oh, that's a great retirement. So why can't they do it at 42? So like, like, <laughs> like to me, like that's, but that's me. But there's some people that like, like, uh, like my, my wife, we just booked uh during the all-star break, uh, going to going to a lake house in, in Tennessee. Do, do I look like the type of person that like, <laughs> I was, right. We're by the, we say, have a, yeah. our own private dock <laughs> over there that we're going to rent the boat. Mm-hmm. And her her family's coming down. Like, do I seem like that type of person? Like, you definitely do not. But see, that's a, that sounds fun to me, right? To, no, to me, my only requirements for the house was a, a bathroom and internet. Internet, yeah, right. That like to, to me, to me, that's it. Now, will I go down to the dock and say, "Oh, okay, this is nice, whatever." Will uh, will I get on a boat and be like, "Okay, this is this is nice for an hour or something like that," or am I the type of person where it's like, "Okay, let's grill some stuff on the." the barbecue and, and turn on whatever, turn on a soccer game. I mean, like, like I'd be doing the same. That's why uh, to me, those types of vacations are like, why are we paying to get a house that I would, I'm going to just sit and do exactly what I'd normally do in my actual house. Right. Like, it's <laughs> See, not like and- going, it's like, like we've gone on cruises, but on cruises, there's yeah. stuff you go and visit places. You, there's thing, mm-hmm. there's other things you go snorkeling or whatever, you know, stuff that you could, you couldn't do where you are uh, mm-hmm. or go to like, my types of towns are like Las Vegas, right? Perfect. I yeah, mean, the artificial yeah, completely. I mean, I'm from New York. I like big cities and walking around, bustle, hustle, and bustle. And mostly it's all, you're doing sin-related things, right? <laughs> right? You're going to play poker or whatever. I mean, but but that's what I enjoy. I happen to be married to someone that doesn't, that tolerates that, I guess, to the, the most <laughs> yeah. extent. But still, I have no problem Yes, for the all-star break, because I look at the all-star break and go, well, there's nothing going on. I mean, there's nothing, there's yeah. no baseball or anything. And I, yeah, I'm going to be missing a couple of days, but I, I, feel, I don't mind missing slates. I don't mind missing, 
If I take a week off from doing a show, okay, I don't mind that. But I've never gotten to the point where it's like, like no, I need to take three months off mm-hmm. to 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 do that because you know I don't want to say it's burnout or anything. But did you did you feel burned out? I don't know if I would say burnt out. I think it was really a combination of things. Like, um, so. I won't go into like all the total specifics, but like I had a, a illness in the family that was like not just kind of difficult to deal with, but also something that I had to help with. So, um, so it actually, it, so it took time away from other. It, it, it was it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a mental like, thing. It was like a, you physically had to take time in right. order to, to do that, which obviously takes away from anything else that you do. Right. So it was mentally taxing from like a a stress level because someone close to you is very ill. And then I was like I said, yeah, it was a it was also a time requirement. Um, And and so but I also do think um, burnout might be might be the right word. So like it turned into like a more of an extended break than honestly, like like I, I felt totally like recharged and good for more than just like today. It wasn't like, it wasn't like you and I just, t- I, I popped in today. It was like, Oh dude, I'm good. I'm back. Well, that but, was like two weeks. Ago, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was still, yeah, it, it, but it, it wasn't like a week later or something like that. I mean, you told me it's like, I need to take yep. a step back, go find mm-hmm. some guests and I'll let you know. And like, to me, anything is I let you know, could be never, I don't know. I don't know what it's yeah. going to be. So then yeah. when you popped <laughs> yeah. in like a week and a half ago, you're like, I'm back. I'm like, well, I already got a guest book last week, so let's uh, bring it back this week. And because yeah. to to me, to me, this is the sh- to me, this is the show. Like, yeah. like, I, agree. I, I mean, you're 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 back, back. We'll we'll be back every week. And when yep. you don't, and I'll tell the audience when you don't see Eric, that means like two days before he said he can't do it, and I had to go find a guest, like just like That's it was correct. in the past. That's correct. Exactly. But for the most part, right. you're did you're back. Right, but I think. Yeah, I think it's just a like it's one of those things that it's like it's not one thing, and that's what always makes that's what makes us human, right? To use that same phrase again, it wasn't just like, oh, dude, I'm totally burnt out. Like, I, you know, I needed too much DFS content, whatever. I need to take a step away, and it wasn't just like, oh, dude, sitting inside this house every day, uh, you know, has me burnt out. Because like what you were saying, we are similar but different because. I love doing what I do. I love like, dude, come on, watching sports and someone paying me to talk about basically gambling and like my thoughts on gambling. Like that's the dream. I'm already thinking about it all the time. Anyway, it's, I I couldn't, you know, uh, I couldn't love it more. And I do prefer like the kind of work from working from home. And like you said, Oh, okay. You know, I'm go out, you know, I need to get groceries and and what, and, and, uh, you know, those little, little, awesome perks of working from home, but also still kind of holding up at, at your house. I, I am also like that too, but maybe even what I learned about myself that maybe a year ago or something I didn't, didn't necessarily know is those little things of the, the ability to go, like you said, go to the, to the lake. We, we do, we have a few lakes around us that we like actually go to relatively. So it's funny you brought that up that we actually go to relatively frequently and go boating and stuff like that. Being able to do that, being getting out, just getting outdoors and, 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 uh, you know, just like being able to step away is, I found is, is important to me. So it's like this hybrid of kind of what you said, I am very similar, I think to you, but also very different. 
on the other, you know, on the total opposite end. So just like the same thing as like the written and media thing. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's really, it was just kind of a combination of a, a lot of different things that, like I said, as a human, you know, I'm definitely the type of person that doesn't really like to like, you know, show weakness or whatever. That's just how it was. You know, you grow up and you're supposed to be a tough guy. You know, you never come out of a sports game. If you get, you're, you're not hurt, get your ass back in there I, and I go play and, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not tough guys. We, I never got raised as a tough guy. We got raised. We got raised. If you get into a fight, just make sure you get their name so you could sue them. I mean, like that. That's <laughs> you don't you don't fight back. Take the punch and sue them for all they're worth. Like that's that's see, what we learned. <laughs> see, my dad was my dad was a was a football coach, and he I, uh, here's a perfect story of of me and like how it was. You know, in terms of you're supposed to you know you, you're never supposed to show weakness or whatever. I was uh, playing basketball in like fifth grade or something like that. We're playing like uh, little league basketball, and he was my coach. And I get a, I get a breakaway, go to get a breakaway layup and the kid undercuts me and I land like on my shoulder, on my side or something like that. And I'm, I'm like crying cause it hurt, whatever. And my dad's just standing on the sideline, like kind of like this, just get up, get up, you know, whatever. And other parents are coming out to come look at me. And he is just standing on the sideline telling me to get up. Finally, one parent comes over and they go, I think I heard it pop out of place. So I had dislocated my shoulder at age, whatever that is, 10, 11 or whatever. And my dad was like, you know, like, we didn't go to the hospital. We went to another football coach's house and he popped my shoulder back in place. And we just like went on, went on home. So like that, like that's a silly example or whatever, but that's just like, you know, that was how I approach things. Like, like I have a great life. I'm a super, super happy person. So once I, you know, finally started to realize like, I, I think I need to like kind of recharge and, and, and step back a little bit. That's also when I knew it's like, okay, it's probably time because I, like you said, at the very top, I'm the type of person that I want to do everything right. I want to write this content. I want to do this show with you. I want to, you know, I'm, I'm doing NFL best ball content already, which is people think is crazy. You know, we're working on sports betting projects. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help the add more funds people, <laughs> you know, Matt, shout out to Matt. I'm trying to help as much as I can, you know, and then have a, a, a personal life and all that. So I, I want, I, there's so much that I want to do that I know myself well enough that when I am like willing to admit, okay, I think you've worn yourself down a little bit. And like some of these other stresses might be getting to you maybe more than they, they normally would. It's like, all right, let's take, let's just take a little bit, of, take a, take a small break and recharge the batteries. And so that's what I did. And I feel, you know, I, like I said, I even took a little bit of time away from, from, from Twitter and stuff, which, which was sh like shockingly, uh, good for, for the you, brain. You find out when you take a break from Twitter <laughs> that you didn't miss anything. Yeah, it, it, it really is crazy. Cause it is like a pretty big part of my life, especially working in the space that we, that we work in. But once I took like that breakaway, I'm like, God damn, I need to do this more often. It's just, we're all just a bunch of idiots on here wasting, <laughs> wasting our day. Yeah, but I enjoyed that. Like even when mm -hmm. when when I was on uh, me too. What, what two years ago, uh, me and my wife went on a cruise to Hawaii, so we were gone for I like remember. three weeks, and obviously can't even play DFS, right? Couldn't play right. in Hawaii, can't play in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, uh, but I was still on Twitter uh, trolling people on because of the football, because <laughs> obviously I I could still pay attention to like who's going to be owned and who like I wasn't yeah. obviously didn't have a computer there and I wasn't playing or anything. But you get a sense, right? It's it, I'm still <laughs> listening to some of the podcasts, but to me, that's still that's still the 
the stand-up comic. Like I need, I need to hang out at the club. Cause when I yeah. started doing comedy, when, I mean, in New York, I mean, I started when I was 17, but the whole thing in stand-up comedy and, or any entertainment business is, uh, out of sight, out of mind, right? It's, it, mm-hmm. it's people get, get breaks because they're in the right place at the right time. And, mm-hmm. and who, you know, like it's all, it's all that. Yeah. You need talent, but you need more than just talent. You need, you need <laughs> yeah. to put yourself in the position to get opportunities. So mm-hmm. I, so if you don't have a spot that night in New York, you still, you still, I'm still going down to the comic strip. I'm still hang, still, I'm going to still be there for three hours because there'll be 20 other comics and you, who knows who meets who? Cause it's New York. So you have people showcasing industry people coming in. I mean, it's a whole, it's a networking in general. Then maybe you do a late night spot. You do an open mic, something like that. So like, that's what I'm used to. I'm used to, if I'm not doing anything on a certain day, like then I'm not putting myself in a position to get an opportunity to do mm-hmm. to whatever, whatever that may be. Who knows what it is? I've been, there've been many times that I've been hanging out at a club with, with a couple of comics that I know. And one of them gets a phone call and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm available June, the weekend of June, whatever like that. And then they, it, it's a headliner and I'm not a headliner yet. I'm a feature act. And they look at me and you go, do you need a feature act? And I go, oh, and they, and someone will just look right at me and go, are you available that weekend? And I go, yeah. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. Jordan Cooper. They, they, what, and, and like there, there's a gig. If I wasn't there, I wouldn't have got, I mean, if I just putting yourself there. So it's hard for me to get out of that mindset of mm-hmm. like, I got to do a show 11 o'clock in the morning for the Roto Grinders pregame show. You know how many, you know how many mornings I wake up and I'd rather just sleep in <laughs> more than half more I, I, mm-hmm. seriously that I, I wake up and I, I'd rather sleep. It's 1030 and it's like, I'm, I'd rather just go back to sleep until noon. Right. I was up until two o'clock in the morning yep. and just like, I'd and, but the back of my mind, it's like, no, I, this is the show that I, this is the show that I do and it can't, it's not going to be successful long-term if there's days off here and there, people, people are, people are bought tickets to the show, right? They bought <laughs> tickets to the, I'm going to the, I don't feel like performing today, but no, I got to be on at just like like the difference between being a funny guy and being a stand-up comic, right? Yeah, there are plenty of funny people at the office. There's tons of funny people, right? That are funnier than I am, yes. But you got to be funny at 8, 12 p.m. at a certain address. <laughs> like there, there, yeah. there's a big difference between the two. So I still I still view my my performing like all the shows that I do. If I do Grinders Live, if I do someone else's podcast, as like I got a spot, like. And in stand-up comedy, like if you don't take that spot, someone else will. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're going to be known as the guy that, that cancels their spots, you're not going to get many spots. And so you have to take all your your st- stage time is so valuable. So to me, that's that's where it comes in the difference between you're you're writing down your process, but like I'm I I my mentally approach. Uh, my DFS content as a performance and that my performance mindset is the show must, the the show must go on. <laughs> and even if I feel tired at, you know, that plenty Eli, the who's producing the show, I'll, I'll, I'll 10 minutes before you, 10 50, 
I'm in and I'm putting on my hat. I'm putting on my lights and it looks like I, like I just woke, I just woke up. <laughs> right. And it's like, what's going on to today's slate. I'm opening up results DB. Okay. That looks about, I mean, I'm just looking stuff for the first time as I would when I would normally wake up and, but 11 o'clock AM comes. If you turn on YouTube, you would not be able to tell that I'm absolutely exhausted and, and would rather be sleeping right now. Yet a couple of minutes into the show, I'm answering questions. What's going on in result? Mm-hmm. Because to me, that's what I, that's, that's what I want. That, that, that is my, that it's, I don't even call it a job. That is, it's an, it's a need. You know, maybe it's, it's unhealthy need. <laughs> right. And see, I, I think that is a little part of the difference. That is like, that performer aspect is like that, that is you, that is in, in, in your blood. I, but if you tell me to just, okay, don't perform, but write your material down and have someone read it. I'd be like, I don't want to do that shit. Yeah. yeah, Right. (laughs) Right? That's what you do. I'm like, I don't Who wants to do that? (laughs) Imagine going to a club and go, I'm not going to perform tonight. I'm just going to write down my jokes on index cards and hand it out and bugs the crowd and go home. Like that's how fun is that? if a comedian can achieve that and get make everybody to laugh, now that's a that's fucking art. That that is art. Go to the go to stand up and just write on pieces of paper and hand it out to people and see if they all laugh as much as when you do your actual your actual set. But I also think there's a little bit of a difference where um, right, wrong, or indifferent. I still view myself as almost as more of a product person who gives DFS advice than like a performer or a tout or whatever. So what, like, what do you mean by a product I, person? Building tools and products, you know, doing product slash project management, um, you know, coming up with new ideas that we do at the company, whether they are DFS related or sports betting related or like, I, like that is still part of my job. Um, and that, like that's, I didn't get hired at Roto, that's what I got hired at Roto Grinders to do. I was, <laughs> I have happened to have been successful playing DFS, and I have a very close close relationship with 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 Cal Spears, who started to push me to do some some DFS content. And like I, myself, uh, for anyone that isn't aware, maybe maybe some people, maybe most people aren't. Um, Slate IQ, like the the building and the process of creating Slate IQ, was like my baby. That was actually one of the first projects I I think I worked on. Uh, when I was hired as a as a like and a project manager, not enough people use it truthfully. Yeah, I, I, I and and you know we, you know me. I, I I I'm the one that pushes it. The I most. use it every day. Yeah, I, I I know you do, and I do appreciate that. And I and I use it every day. And um, I'm actually hoping to be able to get back around. We haven't tweaked it enough over the last like DFS really has changed, and you can tell when I look at when I look at Slate IQ, and we want to we want to improve it. But that's beside the point. But like that's the stuff that I was doing when I was first hired and like I'm still involved obviously in Slate IQ and and other different projects we were actually just talking about some stuff some stuff today here in in Nashville but like it's that kind of mindset you're building, you're building tool yet yet that the only reason you're in front of people is to explain the tools pretty but much you, but you en- you enjoy making you enjoy making the product yeah. Right. Like, like for instance, like on, on the pregame show, I mean, I'm I'm showing off like line of HQ features all the time because I use line of yep. HQ, but I'm not explaining right. it as like I I don't make the tool. I'm on the line of HQ team as like you know user feedback, 
right? Because like like mm-hmm. as someone that uses it as a as a super user, but like to me, I don't consider Lineup HQ to be my product or anything like that. I, yeah. I view I view myself as first and foremost an entertainer that happens to play DFS well. Right. right. So, but right. some people, it, most most in the media space for DFS, it's someone that plays DFS well that happens to be okay in front of the camera. Exactly. Or oh, like exactly. like they're personable enough to yep. explain stuff. To me, I've always viewed it as like first and foremost, this is entertainment, and secondly, I'm looking to teach you how to play, like the the, the theory wise, and the picks. Who cares about the pick? I mean, like that. But to me, ultimately, like if you're getting, if you're getting, if you're entertained and you, I mean, and we both know if you could teach and entertain at the same time, that's the, that's the, that's the Holy grail. Most yep. people can't do one or the other, right? They're yep. either extremely boring and very smart or they're extremely entertaining, but just fucking horrible. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Or just yep. right. They're oh, extremely personable, but like they have no idea what they're talking about. Right. There's a lot of those. Right. There's there's a lot of those. There's a lot of both of those. There's a lot of both of those things, actually. Like in our you don't typically get to be, you know, put in front of a camera or given a a platform to speak to somebody without being one of those two things. Right. So pretty much everybody that you see has like had some either had some DFS. Maybe they're a fraud. I don't know. There's probably plenty of those, too. But they're good enough at DFS um, or they're a good enough entertainer but like you said you know then that's where you meet and then you're you're better you're a better combination for sure than i am of of those two things but there there are so few that can possibly meet in the middle and it takes a lot of practice even when you're naturally good like you are at at both of those things i imagine it still took you um some practice and stuff to kind of really hone in on the combination of those two things well you just you iterate it over time so it's very similar to stand up where you're going to be doing open like you're going to be working on your act in public. Now, how public, yeah. like, obviously, you, no one, no, no one's going on their Netflix special and going, I'm trying out my new material. That's the end result. <laughs> but yeah. most, but that's why, like, when you do clubs in New York City, you're like, you're not, you're not doing it for money. You're not getting paid enough to do it for money. You're doing it to perfect an act, to perfect an hour, to then sell that hour either by headlining around the country doing theaters, doing an HBO special, doing something like that. So like all of your 20 minute sets, 15 minute sets in the city are not just, well, if I know these, this works, what's the point? Mm -hmm. I'm writing, you write on stage. You go, I have an idea. I have a premise. I have a, I I have a joke I've written out. I have a bit I've written out two minutes wise, but I don't, I don't know what the wording should be. So I'm just going to go up. Here's some ideas, but you're performing in, you're performing in public. And obviously, the better you are at stand-up, the more likely that your good idea is actually funny to the audience that's in front of you, <laughs> right? Because then they're also because you have to. There's there's some, uh, you know, you they're paying to see you. They're or they're at least yeah. paying to see a comedy show. They don't care about you because there's like twelve people on the show and they haven't heard of anyone, right? <laughs> right? It's oh, this guy's been on Letterman. This guy's been on, the, but they don't really. They, it's not, you know. Oh, I think I may have seen that guy in Comedy Central. They're coming out just for like a show in New York. Uh, yeah. So there's some that you need to have some respect that I'm not going to just go out and just like, here's 20 minutes I've never tried before. And if it doesn't work, I don't care because, well, no, well, the, the show sucks now because because of you. <laughs> so you got to interweave it. So you're going to tell yeah. stuff that you know and whatever. And you go like that. But still getting used to 
working on your act in public. So for me, that's all the stuff I do in DFS. I mean, when I did periscopes, right? I used to do uh, the par and because it's it's like I'm gonna just I'm gonna get on. I'm gonna answer your question. I'm gonna just ramble and see what works. See what mm -hmm. explanations people understand more than not. What way to, okay, I tried to explain it this way. That didn't work. I explained it this way. I had I have some periscopes <laughs> on the YouTube channel that are me drawing out little distribution curves. And I'm like, now, can you visualize it now of what I'm talking about? And some people have said, oh, I when I found your video from God knows how long ago, that finally clicked. It's like, okay, now I know that works. So obviously my 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 Netflix special or HBO special is is the audio cord. I mean like to me it's the that my content yeah. is all like I'm 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 thinking about doing an advanced version, right? For advanced yep. players. Only be, only because in the past year of okay, I put out the 15 hour course. And it's like that's all the explanations that I remember giving over the past 2 or 3 years compiled into one thing easy to you got it. But mm -hmm. now this is, now I'm going through and people are asking other questions. I'm like, you're right. I didn't mention that as much. Or I didn't explain that in, in this way. And I'm starting to see that there may be another 15 hours worth <laughs> of explanations that may go even deeper into some things where they're like, okay, I know why I didn't include it in the first one. Because no one, it, it would, it, no one would have understood. Like, I wanted to make sure that it, it applied to all sports. It applied across the board. Yeah. Right, like yeah. I don't have to go into game objectives anymore. We don't have to talk about how the dynamics of zero sum games, like, like all of that is taken care of. Now we have to go in. Like, if you already know the first fifteen hours, here's the neck. Here's, here's even deeper. And a lot of stuff I do on the pregame on the on the DFS pregame show. But I, I yeah. know on that show I'm explaining stuff that is like the concept is in the course, but this explanation that I'm giving you right now for ten minutes is is not in it. And then I see people respond and go, no, now I get it. So I'm like, yeah. okay, this is the material. I'm working on my act. Yeah. And then Makes like, sense. like it, to, it, it, I don't, I'm not doing it intentionally. Like it, <laughs> it just wasn't a plan out, but like just my mindset when doing content has always been to like work on your act on stage in front of people, see what, what get you get, have the feed. That's why I like the chat. You get the feedback of what's working, what questions are being asked. And then now you know, because now you're going to be performing in front of a new audience the next day or the day after. You're going to have new people come in all the time. And how is how can I best explain this concept in both accurately as well as in an entertaining way? And you add the little, you know, the apple juice stuff and the what I mean, you throw in the memes, you throw in... You figure out what, you know, the running gags and everything. Yeah, that's just, that. that's improv. That's natural. But to me, that's the, to see that, see, Eric, that, that lights up my, like, that's the type of stuff. Like the actual DFS stuff is almost secondary. Like it, I would do this show if I was involved in whatever. I mean, I did a tech, before I, in DFS, I did a tech podcast mm -hmm. to, in, with tech news. And it was called The Morning Dump. That's why it was. That's why the. That's why the original Periscope was Fantasy Flush, right? Because it was. Oh, that's okay. the reason. Because I was still doing I that see. show called The Morning Dump, and I always called it The Morning Dump because I always have to take a poop in the morning, right? Right. Right. And then that's, it's also a dump, yeah, and then I, it basically people. I was the tech Lewis Black. Here's a 20 minute show of me ranting and raving about all the headlines <laughs> in the tech space, and then I would always include at the end a poop story. 
So I, because <laughs> I, I, I had an RSS reader and I would always have alerts on like they, you know, they found a new biome in poop or someone's using poop to power this thing. So that was a meme. And then audience members, I, in order to, instead of doing like a Patreon, people would, I would pay, people would pay 50 to a hundred dollars to change the theme song of the, of the show. And the theme song, what I would do is I'd go on Fiverr and have someone yep. make a jingle. Right. And then whatever they made that, that and, and no matter how bad it was, you can't change it. So, but to me, that's a bit. Yes. It mm -hmm. raises a little money, but it's also a bit, but like, that's where I come from. And then before that I did, you know, a, a video game, soccer pod. It's like, like everything I've ever done is in the same aspect that to me, that's, that's, it's, it's, almost, it's a, I almost can't fathom. I know why. Cause we get asked this question a lot. Most of the top DFS players don't do content, yeah. right? I mean, that's the big thing of, oh, if you're so good, why are you telling us, right? It's like, yeah. right, the very basic thing. But to me, it's almost like if I, were, if I wasn't able to do shows like this and be on Roto Grinders, it almost makes DFS less fun. Like, I, would, I wouldn't be satisfied enough just being... And no one, like, I have a Twitter list and no one knows who I am. They know who I am because I'm, like, on top of the leaderboard or something like that. But other mm -hmm. than that, it's like, nope, I'm just going to make my money in, 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 in solitude. It's like, <laughs> to me, that's not fun. It's like, if I'm interested in it, I want to I I perform about it. I want to perform in some aspect, even if I'm not teaching people, if I'm just yelling at shit. <laughs> is is that is is that a is is that is that a mental thing with me? Is am, am I fucked up? Well, yeah, but maybe not because of this. <laughs> uh, I think I, I'm I'm pretty similar. Again, it's it's the same. But because Eric, because I can't see because you you work on products and I almost can't see we're, like how would I? Oh, if you if they asked me, it's like okay, do you want? We're going to redesign lineup HQ. We're going to make a new optimize everything that you would ever want. We're going to be, we're going to beat out everything else. Uh, but you have to stop doing your show and you have to spend the next six months in Nashville and work. And, but to me, that wouldn't even interest. I was like, dude, like just that sounds boring as fuck. It's like, I, I've no problem giving feedback, but like to make that pro the act of making that product doesn't appeal to me yet. It appeals to you. Yeah. It, it, it I mean, that was my, I have a weird career path, but I, I came from finance and then I actually transitioned into a, a product role like that. I used to work at Boeing. So I worked for an, anal, uh, in an analytics organization Did you at work Boeing. For the, the, the planes that crashed? No. Did you thank do the God. software of the, the, with the seven thirties or whatever, Southwest, whatever. No, thank God. I was on like the business software side of things. So not related to, I was developing. Oh, so, oh, so you're the one that made the software that changes product. the prices. So they're always higher than the next day or something. It, Exactly. Exactly. Um, so like I, I, I developed a passion for it that way back when, um, then I ended up leaving Boeing doing some startup stuff and doing some consulting and product stuff. But ultimately ever since then, that's what I've done because I have a passion for that. I think, um, like your, your skill and your passion is definitely from within the performance thing. And I think mine is in this 
I, that like the ideation of ideas and, uh, and, and sometimes like the massaging of ideas. I'm not saying I have the world's best ideas, but even if it's just like, it could be you and I sitting and spitballing ideas, right? Like you talked about lineup HQ, you actually know more about, you know, optimize way, 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 way more about, you know, optimizers and what would be the perfect optimizer than, than me. But I think like being like having that back and forth, like I, I legitimately in, enjoy that. So that's kind of my area from within this whole space that is like uh, a passion for me. But I also do really enjoy talking about DFS, right? And I think I actually, even as we're having this conversation, like I, I do actually, I don't want to, to make it sound like I don't enjoy writing because I actually think I do. I also actually think I have more of a skill in writing than I do. I use way too many fucking commas. I'll tell you that and probably run on sentences way, way too. I still don't understand exactly where you're always supposed to place the commas. So, and if there's like really good, uh, you know, people with the, with the grammar and such that are you an Oxford comma guy or not, not an Oxford comma guy, but I use I don't even really know how to use Oxford commas. So I'm not a good writer in that sense, but I think that, um, I do have more of a skill for just generally expressing myself through written word than I do like on a show. Like you are far, far better. At, and we talked about that, right? Like you, especially like as a teacher, which is what makes this show so good. You're so good at communicating ideas, uh, especially, you know, ideas around DFS. And like you talked about the analogies, coming up with analogies, like even on the spot. That's not where my most skill lies, which I think in turn is what lends me a little bit more sometimes to writing or at least like not being entirely focused on media and sticking to writing. Um, it does get, it's more mentally taxing over the long haul, um, in DFS writing, especially when you get into the daily sports, right? Like, especially when you're talking about NBA baseball, I think I can, I can pretty much handle because there's not that many, like paragraph. Come on. I know. Who's high owned really a- X amount. <laughs> there you go. Don't, There's basically play wherever you want, Here's- right? <laughs> high variance. Who knows what yeah. could happen? The Pirates could put them 14 runs today. Take a shot. I mean, how, that see, that's that's what I mean. Like, how would I write that? Like, uh, yeah. like, like, like you write it, but like my general I, thoughts on on especially ba- like like it's it still comes down to like it kills me. I, does it kill you? It would kill me. You've written on on the Four Factors blog. Because you, you've done it for basketball, you're doing it for baseball. You've probably written, or even since football season even. Mm-hmm. How many words do you think? You've probably written tens of thousands of words Easily. that will never be viewed again. That's correct. I don't, I see that's, I, I, how do I, how, how do you write a book's worth of, of, of stuff and have it not be, like, if like at least if you were if you were in a newspaper ed, like a columnist for instance, let's say you wrote op eds, I could read an op ed from three years ago and be like, mm-hmm. this could be relevant, or yeah. you could read an op ed from like twenty years ago and it's like, oh, we should be going into Iraq and like obviously <clears> they were wrong, right? You could you could you could at least compare you could read it as entertainment to some extent, but like no one in their right mind is reading slate analysis from a baseball slate from three years ago, from three years ago, three weeks ago, three days ago. And since writing is to me, at least is so mentally taxing, Mm -hmm. like it, it would, it would eat, it would eat me up of like, how do I write 1500 words a day only for at seven o'clock at night? It just, it's like, it's like all the words got erased and 
it doesn't matter anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like at least on the pregame show, people people watch the pregame show from from days ago. Oh, on this episode, I talked about whatever this concept, and okay, I feel I feel like if I'm talking, like I'm not I'm not expending that much mental energy. But like for writing, yeah. like th- does that eat you up at all? That you don't do you do so much writing that like you write it and you have so many words that you've written that like it's your it's a it maybe it's the stand up comedy type of mindset. Like I view everything I do as a body of work. So yeah. there may be jokes that I wrote from. 20 years ago that may be dated there's still funny jokes right there may be or there may be jokes that like you don't know when i like i could i I could probably do material from 15 years ago that aren't dated that would sound like completely relevant now but because if you haven't heard it it's new to you right that's the whole concept of stand-up comedy i mean as long as you know it hasn't been on a special and everyone knows it i mean you're you're a no-name comic so from that perspective I can't write something that it imagine you putting together a compilation of all the four factor blogs that you've written. Like who would want to read that? Like what value does that necessarily have? And to me, if I can't, if I don't see the value in that, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to get motivated to even do it. You do. Yeah. And a lot of like, we have a, a Derek Noto with the grind down, like people that do the grind. I, I, Andy with the, and cheese with the musings every day. I, mean, I, I just, I, I will admit I could not do what cheese does. <laughs> he does. He writes a lot more than I do. Right. But obviously you're getting like these, you're getting paid to like, mm-hmm. it, it's to me, it's trading time for money. Are you going to spend X amount of hours to do this task, produce this writing? And then the next day it's not worth anything anymore. So you're going to now trade time for money again. And like, if you think if you think of your if your your expertise as a body of work, like it's just it's hard for it's hard for me to it's it's really hard for me to get motivated to 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 write like if it was evergreen, I've no problem. That's why I wanted to write a book, and of course I couldn't get to write the book, so I now it's you know it's an audio course. Yeah, but to me, I commend the fact that you're able to wake up in the morning, say I'm gonna I'm gonna end up writing a thousand to two thousand words that I'm are essentially going to go in the trash uh, eight hours from now. So I do view it a little bit, a little bit differently. I definitely, I, I'm not ignorant to the fact that like, a you know, stuff is, is not really usable the, the next day, but it's, it's, it's also a little bit of an investment for me personally, because one, like I am, we, we, we are working on, and I am going to be doing some evergreen type stuff. So it is, partially a, like a, a daily investment in, um, me putting it out there that this is, that this is something that I know about that, that I can communicate about this subject, um, and kind of establishing some of that domain expertise, right. Um, proving that out. Like we talked about, uh, you know, towards the beginning, there are, you know, some people who are good at DFS and there are some, you know, some entertainers or whatever, not everyone. And I'm not the world's greatest DFS player. I think I'm good enough like to, to make some money at this thing, but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm never going to proclaim to be, to be awesome. But I, I do believe that I have learned enough to be able to communicate a lot of the strategies that, that we talk about here and apply them every single day to these slates in a way that can, you know, relatively simply and easily show anyone 
no matter your skill level, like here are paths that you should be taking today, right? Here, here are, here are the direct applications of pretty much everything you talk about in the book and that we talk about on this podcast and that you've talked about with other people on this podcast. Here are the direct applications to today for, for this, for this slate. And I think that I have developed that skill over time. And so you know, multiple part answer is that it's a little bit of, of an investment of my time into this um, area that I, you know, feel passionate about and think I have developed a skill at. But I also think it's not useless for the people that are consuming it, right? I think it is the best application of my, like a combination of both me kind of developing a writing skill and developing this communication skill, developing this domain expertise, while it's it's the right application of me being able to communicate it to like you are a better communicator through this medium that, than I and I think I am a good communicator through that particular medium. Um, right, that, I, th- I think I think I think what you're so, saying. I think we both do. Th- it's weird to say. I think we both do the same thing. We we absolutely I think, both I think do your, the exact your, same thing. Your four factors blog and my pregame show are essentially are essentially the same thing. Of course, I focus all, all, all in the beginning. Of the show a lot on reviewing the previous slate. Yeah. But I mean, when I talk I about the day's slate. I do that sometimes too, though. I do right, that sometimes right. too. I'll, right. I, exactly. I'll, I'll start off. Yeah. But really, I look at a slate for the first time and go, okay, it looks like this pitcher is going to be owned. Maybe we could stack against them. What do the projections say over here? And obviously, we don't have any starting lineups or anything, so whatever. Yeah. But I'm just, you're writing it down. I'm just like, I'm just bullshitting with people. I'm just like, <laughs> but I think we both. Do you treat it in a way to, to relate it back to to stand-up comedy or, or whatever, or writing? Uh, I don't know if you know the book, The Artist's Way. Very, no. very, very famous book. It, uh, there's a, if you're a writer or a comedian or whatever, it's called, it's called Morning Pages. You keep a journal and you, every morning you write your morning pages. The whole purpose of your morning pages or for not to is is it for not it's not supposed to be material. So you write three pages of whatever, literally whatever, and that mentally like gets like it, it's supposed to like get the creative juices flowing. It's supposed to you know get you into the mindset of like to of of creating ideas. So your morning mm-hmm. pages could literally be I'm exhausted. I can't believe what I did last <laughs> night. I should have never said that to whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> or it could be like, yeah. I'm staring at the plant in the window. As long as you get three pages done, it gets you in that grind of, of now once the fourth page comes on, it's like, oh, that's an idea. Oh, that there's a bit there. There's something there. So do you view that like what we do in the morning? Because that's my morning routine. But on the pregame show, it is my morning routine. I'm going to look at results DB. I'm going to look at the beginnings of the slate. I'm going to look and I'm going to, I'm not going to make any decisions now, but I'm just fleshing out. What are the things I'm most, what are the big, what are the big decisions of the day going to be? I don't need to know about the small, I'm not trying to determine the difference between two batters or something like that. I just want to get a sense of, Okay, I guess it's a. Uh, I guess uh, everyone's paying up for this stud and paying that. Someone's uh, too underpriced. Some sixty-two hundred dollar pitcher is too underpriced. It's going to be an up and down build. It's that's at uh, at pitcher. We have a cores on this slate, and the Cardinals are underpriced because they forgot, right? And like, okay, now I'm getting a sense of what the slate is. 
and then I can make my decisions five hours from now. But like, exactly. like it's all, I'm not just showing up for a slate an hour before having no concept of like, like, it's like, okay, I just, I have to rely on these ownership projections and go, I guess is what everyone's doing rather than have, even <clears throat> if in between from noon or 11 in the morning to six o'clock at night, I don't make it. I don't even look at the slate. Yep. It's in the back of my head. The entire, I, I may not. I may be doing something else, but still, it's like I get a sense until something has changed, until the game is postponed or a weird lineup comes out. Some guy, you know, some guy's not in the lineup. Mike Trout's resting today, you know, like that, that type of thing. That for the mm -hmm. most part, I'm like, okay, I know what I know what the chalk is going to be. And now I've spent the past seven hours going, well, how could I? I don't know what the what the options are going to be because I haven't looked for the past seven hours, but I know that, okay, I'm either paying double stud, two cheap pitchers, expensive mm -hmm. stack. Do I pay up at shortstop? Do I punch shortstop? Do I play Sal Perez a catcher, right? Do I play the Royal stack then? Because then that, and that may be in the back of your mind, but that's essentially your, that that's what you're writing. Like you're, yep, you're writing good. that, that process of uh, just took a look at the slate. Let me write my morning pages. And that's why, like your your blog is 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 formatted that way. Of like you have an interest, like I just kind of like your first thing is I just looked at the slate. Here's <laughs> here's kind of what I see, and then you don't update it for an hour or two, and then it's like, like now that we got ownership projections, now I could kind of now I could start eliminating some stuff and going like this may be yep. a better direction, and then you could and then maybe a postponement. And it's like well, if this game gets postponed, all this ownership's going to go here. So let's see what happens. And then at like 5.30, you're updated again. It's like, yep, that game got postponed. The Red Sox are going to get all this ownership. So let's go in this direction. So, yep. so you're, we're, we're essentially doing this. We're, we're essentially doing the same thing. It's just that you don't mind that medium. And I right. fucking can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We just slightly prefer, prefer different, different mediums, but it's really the same thing. And it's really, it's one of those things that, you don't really think kind of like you were talking about with stand up. You're, you're you don't know exactly what works. You think this is a good a good joke, but you don't know exactly how to word it or exactly how it will work. That's kind of how it has been with this blog. I'm like, I think this is a good idea in terms of the value it can it can deliver, but you don't really figure out the minutia of it until you start until you start doing it. And it has been, I think it has turned into particularly for baseball. Basketball can be you know some Basketball's places. Nuts. Really, I don't even know how you do it for basketball. You have well, to give updates every seven minutes. Yeah, I, I, I finally quit uh, because I was about to I was about to kill myself every day trying to to update it for for the NBA for the last two months. But for baseball, I think it's I think it's a really strong pattern because of exactly what you said. That's precisely what I'm doing. A that also it also really helps me again because of exactly what you just said that I get my kind of initial take and like you said I, I can go do i could go do other work i could go take a fucking walk i could go you know do whatever i want for a long time and i have that baseline of the the most important thing right like you said i don't give two shits about you know paul the young versus javi baez like who gives a shit but i care about okay here's how this slate is going to work right here's how it all comes together and then i like you said you're thinking kind of throughout the day you know exactly how that how that works and then I double back when ownership comes out. I actually prefer it. Um, I used to think like, oh, give me the ownership early so that I can do that. I actually prefer it when they wait to do ownership 
Um, both because I think it's a little more accurate when it first comes out and actionable and because I like to have that initial take and I've learned that this has helped me, my process better. And hopefully it's helping people that are reading it better. Have, and you do it on the pregame show, having that initial take of the slate before you get your mind clouded by, by ownership. Like sometimes you're sometimes I'm wrong, right? I, what I think, you know, are the, the main things of the slate. Like, like, oh, this team looks way too underpriced. They've got to be chalky. And sometimes I end up wrong. Sometimes I end up right, but the projected ownership doesn't necessarily agree with me. And so that sort of nuance, or sometimes like you see tonight, you know, I know we're, we're mostly uh, evergreen style, but tonight, like the Padres are just going to be very chalky. Right. Typically in, when in, we have underpriced, baseball. we have no stud pitchers and a core slate. It's like, okay, yeah. I know where this is going. Exactly. And they're not, they're not expensive. They're against the only really bad pitcher on the slate. It's like, okay, you know, and so that's what I'm writing. I'm like, this looks pretty obvious. And, but you know, let's just say, for example, projected ownership came out and it was like the Yankees were chalk, right? The Yankees were chalkier than the Padres. I would be like, okay, if this is, you know, then you start to say, okay, if this is true, we need to be playing the fucking Padres. <laughs> right. Maybe you, <laughs> you double know, down. That's, on that's, them. Right. Of course. Yeah, exactly. But, but then you're also like, I'm not sure if this is true. So, you know, but like all the, all of that and like um, that process of evolution into ultimately how you decide on your path to take for tournaments for baseball, I think is, is really good. It has helped me. It has helped me personally. And I think it's a really strong way to kind of break down a slate more so like not yeah you brought up some of the other guys you know that that we work with and i'm not trying to their work is also extremely valuable in a very different way but for me as a tournament player i think this is more valuable um of a way to kind of approach a slate and consume information about slate or um you know start to break down a slate yourself right because many people think many many of the more casual average dfs players think that this is what we do for a living, right? And either content and playing is that we're spending like eight hours a day. Like, it's like, <laughs> Oh, I haven't, people will say I have a nine to five job. I can't be as good as you because I don't spend all day looking at this stuff. And I'm like, what am I looking at? Right. I'm not, I'm not looking at, I, they think I'm on fan graphs or baseball savant or, you know, like, <laughs> like comparing things. It's like, no, it's all in the projection model. Now the thing I have to think about the most is what other people are going to do. That's the, that's, and that's the human element that it's, it's, you, you can algorithmically calculate it, but it, that's, ne it's never going to be right. Cause now I'm like, I, I'm reading something I'm looking on. Okay. Are people, people going to take his last start as like, you know, like a guy gets killed and it's like, like he should be owned, but maybe he's actually mathematically, he should be 23% owned, but maybe he only ends up 10% owned because they're like his last start, he got bombed and. Who knows? Or it's a name, right? It's it's a it's yep. a name that that oh, there's no reason why this guy should be six K because he's a Robbie Ray is fifty eight hundred. And it's <laughs> like, well, he's Robbie yeah. Ray, and like yeah, but the past three starts he's gotten he gave up like four hundred runs. But he has the <laughs> talent, he could get there. I mean, like, you have to see because the math would say, like, oh, he should be fourteen percent owned. Maybe he's two percent owned. Maybe no one wants anything to do with him, even though he does technically project well. So to me, those are the things that you're thinking of uh, throughout the day and not spending those eight hours digging into yep. saber metrics or anything. But do you believe that other people, I, I think so. I'm not saying that you have to write it down, but do you think just like I, I 
preach results DB like there's no tomorrow. Get up, review the pass slate, right? Even if it's five minutes. Mm -hmm. Just see what did sharp players do in the contests and, you know, say, oh, I didn't think of that consideration or I played a little too much. Oh, you're right. My lineups were too chalky or my lineups, oh, were way, I mean, like, I played the complete contrarian. Like, how did I ever expect to win this? Uh, do you think that even even if you have a nine to five job, even if you're you, even if the first time you're looking at a slate is an hour before lock, do you think that having a morning pages type of routine of like okay, same way for with me, I'm gonna look at results DB, then I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at the bat projections for baseball, right? Yep. I'm going to look at that. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to look at, and I, I don't even care about the batters at this point. I'm going to look at the stacks page, right? going to see what teams are underpriced in general and why are they underpriced? And I'm like, oh, well the Brewers are underpriced because they have like three guys that are like 2,500 in their lineup. <laughs> like that's the reason their median looks good, but it's not like they're in a great spot or anything. And then you start looking at pictures. You'd like, it may take you a total of 10 minutes mm-hmm. and maybe if you need to write it down, maybe you're writing down notes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a computer person. I have all the stuff on my computer. Yet I still, I mean, I still, I literally, I mean, it's in front of me. I still make notes on stacks and numbers. They're literally in front of me, but I have like 700 tabs, and it's like I don't want to constantly have to switch between tabs to know that I, I'm playing 100 lineups with these eight stacks. But how much, how much Atlanta, how, what's the ownership on Atlanta? What's the ownership on Kansas City? Like, instead of switching back and forth so I know how many of each combination I'm making, I just like put out a little, mm-hmm. little sheet. What pitchers am I playing in my pool? But I could do that throughout the day. I mean, it, it's the type of thing if you wanted to, to do a morning pages and go, hmm, let me write down what's, what's like the chalk construction. What's the, uh, What's the, the, the chalky team? Like what, what are the decisions? Like we always talk about, always start with the biggest decisions, right? So like on this slate that we're we're talking about for tonight, even though by the time people listen to it, it's going to be done. It's going to be the type of slate where you're probably paying around 18,000 total, 17,000 total in pitching, right? You're doing something like Bueller, Stroman, Peralta, maybe going down to Brady Singer at 5,700, which saves you a lot of money, which makes you eat. Very easy to pay up for all those 5K Padres in Coors <laughs> yep. Field against Senzatella. Uh, like, just writing that down of like, okay, I took a... Okay, that's what the chalk is going to be. And then it's like, how could I exploit that now? And you yep. go and you take a look and it's like, well, this team seems under-owned. So you, even if you just write down, you're like, you know, Detroit or whatever. Or you go, or you may have to write down like Brady Singer is 5,700. And like, if he turns out to be like 40% owned... Like then the value that Detroit stack against him starts going up. Way up, yeah. Right. But like if Brady Singer's only gonna be sixteen percent owned on a twelve game slate, like maybe maybe he's efficiently owned. Like if he's gonna be four yeah. percent owned, then it's like give me all the Brady Singer. But if he's yeah, gonna right. be forty percent owned, now the value of stacking against him goes up. But at like sixteen percent, maybe it's neither as valid like Detroit isn't worth playing and singers like if he fits in, he fits in type of type of thing. But like what I just, what I just ex- literally just explained right now, write down, yeah. right? Like right as, I, as your morning pages, as your, if, if this, then like, okay, this, even if you have to write little arrows, 
Little, you know, like here's the t- here's the top projected stacks. Here are stacks that have high ceilings but poor point per dollar value, which means they're going to naturally be lower owned. So, for instance, on this slate that that we're talking about, imagine playing that construction, but instead of playing the five K Padres stack, you played a five K Dodgers stack. Like that's going to be very different because anyone that's playing that range of stack is most definitely going to be playing the Padres. Yep. So that so that's one choice. Do you go down that route? Who knows? So then you go to the next one. Now, obviously, me and you, since we play every day and we analyze this stuff and, you know, play well, like, do we have to necessarily write this stuff down, like morning pages like that? Do you have to do your blog? You're just examining your thoughts and putting it out publicly so other people can consume it. But even if you're if you're at home and you're not a content producer, I still think what you do and what I do in whatever medium you want is valuable. So you're not getting to the, it, it's, 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 it's really funny, Eric. Uh, most comedians keep a journal on them or most of their, most of my jokes I never had in my journal. I had to have on comment cards of comedy clubs, <laughs> napkins, right? Cocktail napkins. Cause you think of something and you write it down. And anytime you think of something, if, if you think of a joke, or a punchline, or anything, and you go, I'm going to remember that later, you're never going to remember it. You know how Correct. many how many jokes I've lost because it's like, oh, that, that's, that's a really good idea. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to think about that later. And then you just literally, I don't, I, I knew I had an idea. I don't know. It's three hours later. I, I, who knows? So yep. I think for some people, maybe, maybe it's, it's worthwhile to even have a voice recorder, talk it out. I mean, if you, if you're that type, if you don't want to write it down, if you want to have your own little scribble code or whatever, scrap paper, something like that, maybe maybe you work nine to five, but you wake up in the morning, right? And before you go to work, like I have 10 minutes while I'm drinking my coffee or reading the newspaper type of thing, right? Instead of doing that, I'm going to pull up lineup HQ. I'm going to put up the projections so I can be prepared. So when I get home and I've obviously make dinner, maybe you don't have time until like 6.45. It's like, I at least want to have a couple of notes on, you know, this is the stuff that's going on. Maybe during your lunch break, you end up reading, you know, Cheese's article. Maybe you listen to a podcast, but you initially, you took that look for yourself because no one on, no one on a podcast or on gen generic content is, is going to tell you like, like GPP game theory. It's going to be, here's some choices. Here's some of the best value plays to kind of explain the projections to you. But outside of that, you're like, we, we talk about it all the time. Our job isn't to predict <laughs> outcomes. It's to exploit what other people are doing. So if you're not going to have that morning pages type of process, you're going to be, you're going to end up sinking into, well, this guy said this guy was a good play on a podcast. So I'm going to play him. It's like, well, it may not make sense in that lineup. It may not. Did you do any type of strategic review of, of, here are some options. It, write down three of them. And you go, I'll decide later what I want to do. Maybe I come up with another option. Just like on the advanced sports analytics show that I do on Thursdays for NFL. I don't tell you who to play. I'm just like, if this is owned and here's, here's, you can listen to the show and come up with eight different options of lineups and go, here's eight the viable same. directions where you could get leverage and how to stack them and what combinations come in. I don't know which way the field's going to go and I don't know which way is going to be the best, but at least here's some eight options of that that are both 
projected well and contrarian at the same time. Yeah. I think I think it's beneficial, even if you're not doing content. It sounds stupid, right? Some people will listen and go, yeah. really? Am I, I gonna told- am I gonna do it have a little journal for my DFS play? Well, if you're a losing player, you gotta fucking do something then. I mean, <laughs> anything can help. A year, a year ago, I would have told you it was I probably would have told you if we started this podcast a year ago and you tried to tell me that, I probably would have told you it was stupid myself. Now, not only do I do it every day for other people, other people are basically consuming my 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 you know morning notes or whatever, but I also believe in it like almost above above all else. So I had I had kind of heard before not how you put it from that book but i had kind of heard before people say like if you want to remember something it write it down not because not even because you want to go back and reference it but because the the and whether you know i use my phone or right. like the act of writing it down helps you the, remember you remember it and it, I, i'm not sure i believe more passionately in almost anything than that because it is so goddamn true i forget a lot of shit honestly i like i I don't remember what I had for dinner last night. Like if I go to the grocery store and I don't have a list, I will, the wife will be pissed when I come home because I will forget stuff. It's just a fact. I forget stuff. But once I write it down, I really, I, I really do. I really remember it. And so like that process you talked about with starting out, kind of breaking down, getting the, the macro level concepts about, about a slate. And I could, I believe I could, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be the most plus EV I could be. I could come back like five minutes, maybe 10 before the slate started. Do the example of you said with the guy nine to five and he gets a few minutes in the morning to, to make his notes about the slate and then comes back, double checks a couple things and makes a team right before lock. I, I, I think I could effectively play MLB DFS doing that every, every single day. So the people that will tell you like, oh, I can't do what you do. You know, because I have a, a nine to five or, oh, I'm too busy. I mean, there, I'm sure there are people that are too busy out there. Trust me. But it's so, but if you just have a normal nine to five and you say that you don't have enough time to to do this and make good tournament teams, you're just lying because you don't want to like just create a little quick and easy process or you don't know how, to, or maybe you just don't know how to do that. So we're explaining that, right? But this whole process of me figuring this, this thing out with like, like you said, the, the notes, and and everything it it honestly has has turned what i get paid to to write about into my own tool of making me a better a better dfs player i and i everybody not no one is 100% every single day in terms of putting out their best quality work but i know based on how i feel right before lock whether i did a good whether i did good work that day because I know for certain like how I need to attack that slate. And I don't mean like, oh, I can't decide between the Blue Jays or the Braves. I mean like how confident I am in like, okay, here's what my competitors are doing and here's the the path I need to be taking on that slate. I almost always know, you know, it doesn't work all that, quite frankly, all that often, but I know the paths right before lock, like, and I'm comfortable and confident. I mean, I fucking did it yesterday. I drove, so, so when I come to Nashville, I usually drive. I kind of like, the like peacefulness of driving and throwing on podcast and right, it's like it's not, not even far. Four. St. Louis to Nashville it's, isn't that far. It's not even four, it's not even four hours. So you know, I just grab a rental car and 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 drive down, and it's kind of relaxing a little bit sometimes. So anyway, I'm driving. I had done my work that day, right? I I did my I did my blog, and I, I I tried to make a post on the road, but I had shitty service, and so once I got into service, I just posted like, guys, I'm not going to be posting any more updates today. Like, figure the shit out for yourself. 
Uh, did you did you get the course postponement before doing that? Because I mean, because yes. the, the slate yesterday was yes. like a five game slate, so like yeah, it's it a little bit a little bit easier than a twelve game slate. Yeah. It wasn't that big of a deal, but that's to, to that point. I we had gotten you know the initial news, and I, we knew that the course weather was sketchy, but we also knew it was supposed to be Sensatella again last night, so it, we knew the ownership was going to be huge, huge there. So broke that down already, had an idea, got the course postponement, did exactly what you talked about. And this is what I would do. Like, I'm not saying this, like, oh, go read my content. I'm saying this is what I would do if I was if I was not producing content and I was the guy you talked about just on Twitter that nobody knew who they were. I, I okay, got the course postponement. Okay, let's go double back real quick and be like, okay, here's now here's now here's what's gonna happen. Okay, got it. Everybody's gonna go to uh, the Astros, right? Everybody's gonna go to the Astros now because because course is off the slate. And now, now what? Now where am I? Now where's my leverage? Now, okay, now I'm pulling up slate IQ real quick and be like, oh, okay. Got it. So I, I didn't I, I wasn't sure that I was going to play actually because I was kind of driving and I was rushing honestly in the afternoon. So I had I pulled over to to take a leak and I'm like ah screw it I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a team in. I made the team in like thirty seconds. Like can, like, can I can I, I guess can I guess what you did? Yeah, of course. You'll, you'll probably get at least two thirds of it right. Okay. Uh, uh, only because uh, people, I don't know. How so hold on, this. I played on. I only played on Fanduel. Oh, you only, only played, played on Fanduel. Oh, and I played on DraftKings, so I have no idea. Okay, then. Okay, but you can't use Slate IQ for Fanduel. Yeah, but I, I had an I had an idea on 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 Fanduel okay. well, how, how well, it was going to be. It, what would you have guessed on DraftKings though? What would you have guessed? Oh, you would have did what I did and got killed. <laughs> right. I, I was going to say you, you stacked the Marlins against Luke Weaver. Uh, so I so that's funny because I almost did. Um, because on DraftKings, I would have. Right. But, on fans, so you wouldn't have because Weaver wasn't going to be his own, right? Because yeah, Wood, Wood or it, it was going to be Wood or uh, Molly. You don't yeah. have that much value. But on the two two pitcher sites, like Wood, like it, it, unless you wanted okay. to play the two chalk pitchers together, like Weaver would have been the secondary option and Keller would have been like the third option. So, of course, I put the best of both worlds. <laughs> I play I, I play the Marlins against Weaver who stonewalls them and I and I play the pitcher against a team that puts up 14 runs. <laughs> that, that but is I don't I, but but I look see the thing is based on this show I look at my lineups and I go well I would I change anything I know like yeah. I, I I could just laugh at the situations like I was gonna fade the Reds and I wasn't gonna play Molly and Wood together in the same lineup so like what do I and I was gonna stack against Weaver. So what other pitcher might play? I'm going to play Keller in in, in Pittsburgh exactly. and hope he, he exactly. doesn't have a blow-up inning. And of course he has a blow-up. He has a good three yeah. innings. Yeah. The fourth inning he and dies. I, and and but, I had the Reds. So it, I had the Reds. So it worked out. But the Reds. But the Reds on, were much different on FanDuel than they were on DraftKings. Because everybody was playing the Astros and and the Red Sox and then like a little bit of Angels, right? Mostly because of like Trout and Otani. But the the Reds were like this high high upside stack that was coming in like fourth on a on a on a five game slate. Right, against, like, Moustak, like Moustakis and Senzel were getting ownership on Fanduel though. Right, and I did I actually faded I faded Senzel out of you know I stacked the Reds without without him, um, which which having Naquin was the the the, the big thing that, that I had him that the big thing you needed. So anyway, I I think I was probably the favorite to win the to win the monster. Because I played the Diamondbacks with them, who another who another team was like playing a, a shitty a shitty pitcher, but just because of the way the slate broke out, they well a they kind of suck, but just because of the way the slate broke out, especially on Fanduel, 
Like you weren't getting any savings from them. You could just play the goddamn ass. You know, it's like, right, but, but why you, would you, I pay these you, prices? You, lo- their- you didn't get first place because of fucking Charlie Walker. Yes, exactly. Right, he barely put up any points. And Eduardo Escobar went o- went over. It was right. like, you know, and it, which, you know, whatever. Oh, woe is me. You know, yeah, but, but, not, but on FanDuel, but, see, I, pl- I played cash, so I know the pricings, but I just didn't play GPP. On, yeah. on your your decision on, on fan, I'm assuming you probably just played Wood in that lineup, right? I mean, just, Correct. right, because you don't need, because why not? Because you're playing a Reds, uh, you're playing yeah. like a 4-4 uh, Diamondbacks Reds, and you're not playing any Red Sox. Right, so that makes sense there. And just like you yeah. look at my lineup and go, Five man Marlin stack makes perfect sense, right? And without Weaver, and you play uh, Wood Wood Keller, and it's like I don't care if I have a Trout one off. I don't care if I have Upton one off. Or I don't. I mean, all that. Yep. I mean, two different sites, two different methodologies. But but the thought process is the same thing that you'd write in the 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 your your, your blog. I mean, like it's the same thing yep. that you'd write on Rotogrinders. Exactly, and. So that that's a, the the point isn't even to talk about like oh here's the content that you and I do right it's actually what we what our process was that we just so happen to have turned into into something that other people can can consume through through different mediums right like and so that's what I would recommend to people like yes of course you and I are like putting out this content for those that are busy or those that just want to consume what what we're putting out there but even if you're like reading what I'm doing I would still do it yourself because you might see something different then I see. I don't have all the fucking answers. You know, I think I have a good idea of breaking down a slate when we first start, but you might see something different. And so, and it, it's just generally like, I've found it to be in, incredibly, just incredibly helpful. So it's almost like, you know, uh, like you talked about earlier, like why, why do you, you know, that, that would be miserable to you to write this kind of thing, but it, it has, it has help. and writing it out the the fat, the, the action of, you know, the, of writing it out ha- has really helped has really helped my play. So that's yeah, a, I do know, a little that. bit maybe, of a selfish reason. Maybe the thing reason. is, is that I take a look. I'll show you this. All of my notes. Like I have like squiggles. Yeah, you're a, lines. You're a psychopath. Have, oh, here, here's my cheat sheet for MMA with all the, the, the lines and everything. But the thing is, is that obviously like this isn't con- like I'm not writing it out. It's like I have my own little shorthand. Like I have my numbers and my underlines and my arrows and I know what it means. Yeah. But... It just it means like, like, oh, this guy's over-owned, this guy's under-owned, this guy. It's easier for me, so I'm not cl- flipping between tabs. But once I do that, like for MMA on Thursday, I'll go to DK Sportsbook and I'll just, I'll write down all the lines. I have it in an Excel spreadsheet now, so now it's a little bit easier. Uh, <laughs> but just the fact that I write it out means that like for the for the next two days, like you tell me, you tell me a fighter and I'll tell you their price and their round one odds and and like, I wouldn't be able to do that until, unless I wrote it down. Like, I just remember me writing it down going, oh no, he's a, you know, minus 180. So then I could look, I could look back at the DK Sportsbook the next day. And if I see the line at like Jeez. minus 165, it's like, oh, that went down. Yeah. But if I didn't, if I didn't write it down, I, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't remember it. Is it see, something that writing? I need to do? All this information's in front of me. I, I could. Yeah. But to me, I, 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 I. I like having it all in one place. I have it like, you know, the percentages of them getting this and the ownership up and down. And if you want to do it in Excel, like even, even entering it into an Excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. is to me, I view it this kind of the same way. Some people yep. would say See, you should scrape, you should scrape the data and have it auto-populate, which is would would be the most efficient way of doing it. But to me, it almost feels like I'm not even doing it for that reason. I'm doing it for 
I need right. to embrace. I'm spending 10 minutes to input all this stuff just so I could let it sink into my brain. And now I'm able to think about the slate, think about the card, think about whatever, the constructions so much easier than me just going, like, I don't know what anyone's price is. I don't know what anyone's, who's this and who's that. Like, it's, it's just, it's so much easier. So, so maybe, maybe people will start doing it. Maybe, maybe people will, most people won't. Please don't, I can't, like you, you brought up, you know, the writing of, you know, I probably wrote a million words or whatever on, on Roto Grinders in the last six months to a year that are all, all useless. That is obscene to you. You, you with all those pieces of paper is, is absolutely obscene to me. I haven't written something down or like, I don't even know if I can write anymore. I ha it's been so long since I've actually written something on a piece of paper and you writing it down is so hilarious to me. Update your, you're going to have to update your blog now. We just found out that the uh, Padres have COVID. <laughs> Tatis is on the IL now. They just got announced. I, right in the I, middle of the I show. see it. I see it now. Okay. So that, that'll change the entire dynamics of the slate. Well, that's interesting. Okay. So now I'll, I'll, end up... I'll, I'll let you go. We, we've been doing, we, you're back. Yeah. We, we don't need to jam in everything about Eric Bime for in one episode. You're back. You'll be back <laughs> next week. And the week yep. at, we'll keep on going. Like always, if you're not on the show, it just means that you told me that you can't make it and I need to find it a guest, which is, which is perfectly. Yep. I said when we first started it, that that's perfectly fine. Just as long as you let me know, right. I'll be yep. here. Right. But, uh, let's say maybe, maybe people didn't want you back. Maybe uh, no I one mean, asked. It, no one asked about you. There was literally no comments yeah. of when is Eric. It was about? probably fifty-fifty at best. Right. At best. At best. Three months. No one. No one asked. Like when is Eric coming back? They just assume you were dead. Well, I mean, some people are probably would have been happier that way. I imagine. <laughs> That's why you stayed off of Twitter. <laughs> Maybe my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric buying for on Twitter, uh, and you're, you're on. You're, you're you're posting. You're posting some betting stuff. You're on. You're doing stuff. Yeah. We're diversifying. I'm trying to, you know, I've always not to, to keep us going too much longer, but you know, I do, I do think um, there's some stuff as DFS players that we can take, take advantage of in the betting markets too. You know, you were talking about some of the uh, kind of applications of like the UFC stuff as it relates to DFS, but I do think it actually goes a lot the opposite way. So I am posting just some, some thoughts. Usually they're like things that I'm picking up from, from doing my DFS job <laughs> that you see, um, you know, that are, I think edges in the, in the betting markets. And, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to get to even more of that, you know, as time goes on, on RG. And you can follow me at blender HD and, uh, and rate a review if, on iTunes. You could always rate and review said, write a review that how much you enjoy that Eric is back. Let's see if that, <laughs> let's see, let's see if anyone, let's see if anyone cares, right? Let's see. If, I can't believe Eric's back or maybe a tweet or something. That Eric's back. I'm glad to have you back and everything. Hope everything is fine. And I hope, you know, I hope you still come under me in, uh, in DFS contests. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so you'll be back next week. We'll talk, we'll talk more about actual DFS, I guess. I mean, this is kind of a, yeah. you know, this is a more personal episode. What's, what's wrong with yep. that? There's nothing. We're human hey, beings, we, right? Yeah, exactly. We, uh, we let people get to know us a little bit every once in a while. Every once in a while. So, obviously, you could always check out the course, The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, How to Think Like a Professional DFS Player. 
15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com.